It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Welcome to the eighth episode of our new podcast, Go Atlanta, from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm the AJC's arts and entertainment editor, Shane Harrison. We're here every Thursday to introduce you to the most interesting people, places, and things to do in and around Atlanta. I'm food, dining, and living editor, Lagaya Figueres, and I'm here to tell you about a must-visit Mexican restaurant in Duluth. I'm Rodney Ho. I cover entertainment, and we'll tell you why Jane Fonda came back to Atlanta last week. We'll also talk about the closing of an iconic Atlanta movie theater. If you're listening to this podcast on AJC.com, please take a moment to follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. This is Go Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. First on this week's episode, let's tackle some of the week's hot topics And one thing that happened was the B-52s were supposed to be here in Atlanta and in Athens, but they had to postpone those farewell shows, right? It happened super last second on Friday. They had a concert on Friday night, the first of three at the Fox Theater, and then the news came out at like one o'clock. At least one member of the three originals was sick. They didn't identify who was ill, right? but clearly it was bad enough for them to push it back till January. So those three dates in the Fox Theater have been moved to January I think 6th, 7th, and 8th. Mm-hmm. And then the Athens charity event that was supposed to be Tuesday has been moved to the 10th of January. So anybody yeah. who has tickets back then will be able to use them right. in January or get refunds if you can't make it. Yeah, well, it was just, yeah, it was a bit of a shock that uh, <laughs> at the <laughs> so last minute. So close to the end, yet not the end. Yeah, yeah. it's like so much hype, so much hype. We're all excited. Then like, ah, uh, uh, deflated. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't think it's a problem for a lot of people, but a lot of people probably traveled and they yes, may have already been here. There were people in town this weekend, yeah, who, you know, friends who visited other friends right. who came and suddenly they had, you know, had to find something else to do, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope people didn't travel from too far away. That's. That's just a real bummer when you <laughs> when you get into town. It's and always you, a risk. Yeah, for... it really is. That's true. But it's good to know that you know they'll still be able to to see them. That that we're still going to get the shows that we were promised, and uh, <laughs> we'll still be covering them. Uh, we were planning on sending a photographer to the Fox shows, and yeah, I was um, supposed to go to the Sunday and Tuesday, so I guess I'll go in January. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. let's just 
not be so selfish. We hope that the member of the band who was sick well, is better now, right? Absolutely. Definitely. Yes, yes. That's always always something we should remember that uh, these are people too and, and uh, we want them to get better. And They're just not our puppets who just are right. there to entertain us. <laughs> what? Right. And yeah, and you know, it's 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 good that that you know they took the time and, and realized that you know they needed to uh, recuperate before because you know you you don't want somebody performing when they're not at their best anyway. Uh, plenty of acts have done it, and yeah. sometimes you notice and sometimes you don't. You know, that's it depends. True. That's true. Well, also uh, one show that did go on uh, was ATL Live, and uh, you were there, Rodney. Yeah, right? I guess there were two nights. Uh, right. I guess Chris Stapleton was on Saturday with Miranda Lambert. I didn't make it to that one, but I did go to Friday for kind of the Gen X Nirvana pop Nirvana night, which right. was Sheryl Crow, uh, Lionel Richie, and Billy Joel. And, was it awesome? Was it so yeah, awesome? It was super fun. Yeah, it really was. And um, well, I lucked out. They gave me decent seats for you know. I was there to review it, and a friend of mine who was on the floor for the 19th in the 19th road just decided to leave before you know was tired and decided to leave before billy joel and handed off her little bracelet so i was able to make it on the floor for billy which is very nice wow little bonus yeah that's great yeah what no, did lionel sing all the big hits all the obvious ones all night long hello endless uh, love you know, he did not do Endless oh, Love, so he didn't do favorite. some of his ballads. I mean, he he really focused on, you know, he did Easy and he did, you know, Brick House was probably the highlight. Mm. And he interpolated Fire, with, you know, from, oh, I think Ohio it was players. players a little bit. Huh. In there, and literally had some pyrotechnics. And he did a yeah. nice job with his video package. He used the, you know, the Mercedes-Benz video screens up yeah. in the center. The, the round, the 360 degree video screen. So the people up in the, you know, way up in top could see him because it's, you know, it's a big enough stadium. He's virtually a dot right. if you're in the back. Um, we talk so, about people's voices these days, like singers. How's his voice? Lionel's was, was solid. It was fine. I mean, I, I thought it sounded okay. Um, and of course, Cheryl's only 60 and she sounded great, um, you know, for her. I mean, she's not like a glorious vocalist but she did her job and sounded pretty much like she did in the 90s and billy sounded even better than i've heard him in a long time he sounded really good and he even hit the high note on innocent man which he used to just pawn off to his backup singer but he did it himself he even joked about it as like you know i'm gonna go for the big note here and if it works it works if it doesn't well there you go <laughs> and he hit it so good for him <laughs> age 73 robert He's or billy 73 yeah oh my gosh yeah yeah, he can't really, he had hip surgery like 10 years ago. He can't really, he used to like leap off the piano back in the early days, but he can't do that anymore. He, he, he doesn't do too much movement on stage. <laughs> he can kind of wobble around. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. So, uh, yeah, if uh, you missed the show, but uh, Rodney's there and, and he wrote all about it. Uh, so you can uh, go check that out on the Georgia Entertainment Scene blog on AJC.com and read what uh, everyone did while they were there. The Terra Theater is closing, and it oh, came it's as already it's, closed. It's closed. It closed. Yeah, right. Quickly. I mean, it yeah. happened last Wednesday. Um, the, the word started getting out, yeah. and um, I went over to the theater, and the employees said, oh, we're closing tomorrow. So they, uh. they closed on Thursday. It was 24 hours notice. It was very abrupt. Regal Cinema, which currently owns Terra, they just filed for bankruptcy protection in September. So I think they're mm. in financial straits they you know they were sh shut down longer than e even AMC and they you know since the pandemic ended while a few movies like Top Gun Maverick have done extremely well I think the mid-level and you know a lot of the indie films haven't done as well right. and there's just been 
weeks where there have been barely any movies that have come out. It's just uh, people have gone to streaming. Right. Um, and a lot of the core audience of Terra, which is mostly indie films, foreign films, uh, you know, those lower budget films, uh, they've all, the audience is generally older and I think they didn't come back after the pandemic. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, so many of those films are basically, if they are released in theaters, they're released to theaters and streaming at the same time. Or, or it's just limited engagement and just wait a few weeks or a few months right. and they end up on Netflix or on Hulu. Right. And people will just wait. It's not a big spectacle. T- you know, the big spectacle movies uh, yeah. like Black Panther you know, Wakanda forever. Those are the type of movies people want to see in a big theater and they still do very well, but right. it's been really tough on the indie side. Yeah. So do we know anything about the property in that future? No, I haven't heard back from the property managers. They just didn't respond to me. So I'm not sure what the plans are there. I, even though Regal was kind of vague about how, why they decided to just close the theater, I suspect it was a lease issue. And, you know, probably the property owners were asking for a big increase in rent. And they they looked at the dollar, you know, they probably looked at their bottom line and said, uh, this is not going to work. So after, you know, it's been around for 54 years. Wow. George LaFont is the one who made it, mm-hmm. I think back in 1980, turned it into an indie film mecca and, and yeah. it survived for decades. I mean, it was... You know, it's where you saw any major indie film was available there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little sad that, that I mean, we're losing places to see those, those kind yeah, of Yeah. You're movies. really down to Midtown, Landmark, Midtown, and the Plaza. The Plaza. That's yeah. it. That's all you got. Yeah. Well, luckily, the Plaza seems to be. Yeah. At least they're owned doing... by a you know, single person who signed a 25 year lease recently. Right. So I think that's not going anywhere. I, I don't know how healthy the Landmark Midtown is. Yeah. Um, but let's hope they stick around as well because they have multiple, sc- you know, a lot more screens. Yeah, I haven't been there lately, but last time I was there, it's, they seem to be doing fine. So you never can tell. But right. uh, and if you missed uh, Rodney's story on uh, the Plaza Theater, that was, I believe, earlier this year, um, was it? Yeah, it was back in like February, March. Yeah, yeah. Go check that out uh, online. You can, you know, just Google his name and um, and the Plaza Theater, and it'll probably come up for you. Um, so yeah, check that out definitely. And you'll learn all about the big plans they have, which some of which they've already done and some of which are probably still to come. Yep. Yeah. They got a big, yeah, they're planning a big bar on the, you know, on the rooftop bar thing that hopefully that will happen. I think he's still raising money for that. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, one other thing we wanted to mention is that The Walking Dead is finally actually ending. <laughs> I know. We're, you're just full of happy news, I you know. Guys. It's so many depressing things, yes. Well, I mean, in a sense, The Walking Dead peaked in popularity like five or six years ago. Yeah. I think a lot of people have long abandoned the show. So ironically and almost, you know, metaphorically, the, the, the show went on far longer than people probably wanted it to or even yeah. thought about it. it's not like game of thrones or you know there were certain shows where people were still watching till the very end i i stopped watching a couple years ago and while i've heard that it's still pretty good for people who are hardcore fans of the walking dead i just haven't followed it yeah. so it's kind of just ending relatively quietly yeah you know this sunday after like i don't know 170 some odd episodes and 11 seasons and 12 years yeah it's just weird to be talking about it because we've talked so much about the ending of it and how they've basically dismantled the the sets and yeah, all that. Yeah, that was kind of my farewell story. I was trying to think up another story, and I was like, I haven't followed the show long enough for me to... What, what can I add at this point? <laughs> yeah, to eulogize it. Yeah, because yeah, in many ways, people have already walked away from it, in, in a sense. So it's, you know, they've already said goodbye. Well, you can also check out Rodney's story about uh, uh, the town of Sonoy, where um, a lot of it was filmed, and um, how they did that, and things, how things changed, and how they'll probably 
change yet again now that uh, The Walking Dead has left town. This is Go Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back on Go Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Next up, we wanted to talk about a place that has been around for a very, very long time uh, called Nix to Go. Yeah, I get to be the one that talks about things that are not closed. <laughs> and folks might know Nix to Go. They are, I technically, is this called downtown? What neighborhood exactly is this? It's at the corner of Martin Luther King Jr. Drive and Hill Street. Yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure that's downtown. Would we call yeah. that downtown? So they have been around since 1994. So they've been in business for 28 years. And they're the latest um, restaurant that we're featuring in our monthly column called Atlanta Classics. And I should mention, curiously, the first time that we were going to be writing about Nick's back in the spring of 2020. And it was part of our plan for the dining guide, the spring dining guide that we had to next because of the pandemic. And the theme at that time was going to be longtime Atlanta restaurants. And I was the one that was going to write that story, Donna, but we had to just, you know, cut, throw that whole thing out the window, that plan. But now that we've do, we're doing this monthly series, you know, it's just once a month, just check in with a longtime restaurant in Atlanta. So this month, Bob Townsend, who, who handles that column, wrote it. And I, it's just a great story, you know, so that it's founded by two Greek immigrants, Nick and Eleni Poulos, and their husband and wife. And they started out actually selling hot dogs, hamburgers, and fried chicken. And it's still family-owned and stuff. Now, let's see, he's retired. His wife is still, you know, doing, you know, part of the business. But mainly it's his daughter, Evie, who runs things and then their their cousin Ben he's in the in the kitchen but you know after all it was only in like around the 2000 is when they introduced euros right so they didn't it wasn't we associated i think as a greek restaurant but that wasn't until 2000 though yeah. you know well, well so many i mean so many greek places used to be like burger joints diners and things like that so i guess that makes sense yeah and you know curiously when you think about how much change has happened surrounding that area mm-hmm. That the fact that they're just still around in their same place, they have no air conditioning, no oh. heat. They haven't wow. changed. It's like standing still. Yeah. I just can't imagine working in a place in Atlanta in, in the summer. August. I know. Have you guys Yikes. gone? I mean, I gone. Have you gone there? No, I haven't. Never. No, I never Ronnie? have. I have not. You guys, I'm so sorry. We well, need to do a recording from like on site Nick's food to go. Yeah. Well, I mean, when we when we worked downtown, when we had offices right there downtown. 
that was sort of the other side of, I guess that would have been the other side of downtown from us. We had so many restaurants close, I guess I just never made it over there. Yeah. It's it's the darn highway. It's yeah, a, it was right, on the other right. side right. of the highway. Well, we have to rectify that. Yeah. So anyway, folks, you need to check out Nick's Food to Go. You can look for the story at AJC.com online. But but head over there. I mean, it's just. Uh, yeah, it's, I've been to Daddy D's, which is, on, you know, Caddy yeah. Corner, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's over. It's over in that direction. Yeah, yeah. They do. They still still do burgers and things like that. Yeah, but they, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can still get that stuff, but you can also get gyros and other all sorts of other things. And then you sit outside. I mean, inside there's no place to eat really. Inside yeah. you order at the counter. There's some tables outside and stuff. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's called Nick's Food to Go. Right. You had the dead to go is right there in the name. <laughs> well, uh, we're back to talking about things that are closing. Uh, unfortunately. Vinkman's, uh, you may know, uh, is it's a music venue. Uh, they also serve food and, and things like that. But uh, it was a music venue. It hadn't been around for a long time. It right? opened in 2015. It was created by two of the members of Yacht Rock Review, yep. uh, a band I wrote extensively about about a year ago. And uh, yeah, they do all the 70s sort of soft rock, smooth yeah. pop, you know, the Doobie Brothers Super and Steely danceable. Dan. You know, it's mellow dance. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they'll they'll sneak in a, a you know a Prince song and stuff too if you watch them. But they decided to start this venue as as kind of a hedge because back in 2015 they weren't sure if the Yacht Rock Review was going to become a permanent thing or or you know would eventually die off. It didn't ultimately die off. It ended up becoming even bigger. But they decided to try this out, and it was difficult. He's you know Nick Nick who you know was one of the Co-owner said it was very hard to run a restaurant when you don't have any experience. You know, he made a lot of mistakes. And they, they said they were starting to really get their footing until the pandemic. And then the pandemic hit. They closed for a while. They renovated a bit. They reopened about a year ago. And it's been a struggle. I, I, don't, I don't, you know. I reviewed them in 2015 because of the the food component. And the chef at the time was Nick Melvin, who folks would know went on to do, well, they might know him because of um, Do South, which is a pickle brand. Yep. And then he went on to Fox Brothers, and now he has his burrito concept, Boca Loco, which My is favorite. in Kirkwood. But um, it was kind of hit and miss with, with the food initially. And I think that was, that was a little bit of a trick to do both the food part and then as well as the music. In the same way that City winery still, if you ask me, there's an issue with being both like yeah. food, beverage, and the show. That dinner and a show thing, it's hard to get both of those right. Right, exactly. Even though I think City Winery's done okay on the on the music side, it seems like they keep a pretty full lineup of, of acts right. funneling in. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure about the food side, whether it's gotten better or not. I know initially it wasn't, you know, got some bad reviews. I'm not yeah. sure if they f- have fixed that yet. Um, yeah. But Venkman's uh, will be closing on November 27th. I think it's their final day. Right. And then, you know, they've talked to the, the new landlord. The new landlord is planning to do a new, you know, building at some point on that property. And they are promising to give Venkman space. So Venkman's is hoping to come back in two, three, four years. So we'll see. Well, that's sad. It's always sad to lose another uh, spot where you can see music. But uh, Atlanta has been pretty blessed with that, luckily. But uh you always hate to see one go. And I should mention at this point also another place that we're in danger of losing is Starbar. And uh, one of our freelance writers is uh, working on a story we should have soon on Starbar's Comedy Night, which they do, I believe, Mondays. And it's always hugely popular. And it's really popular with comedians who you know go there and test out material, try things. A lot of big-name comedians have popped up there. 
over the years. And um, so it's going to be tough, especially on the local comedians who depend on that to, you know, have a have an outlet every week. Uh, they can always go in there and and try out their material. So uh, check that story out. That's coming soon. That'll be in the living section and on AJC.com. Rodney also recently spoke with Jane Fonda, who was in town for uh, her GCAP charity event, right? That's correct. And her, you know, she combined it with her 85th birthday. Mm -hmm. She's alive and well, doing extremely well. Been very busy. She's done three movies in the past nine months. And uh, she lived in Atlanta from 1991 till about 2011. Uh, ten of those years, she spent married to a certain man named Ted Turner yeah. that you might have heard of, <laughs> and uh, they remained close friends. She said she had dinner with Ted, you know, while she was in town. Right. Um, but uh, she raised a million dollars last week uh, at, you know, in Buckhead and brought in like Ludacris and Tyler Perry fetted her, Emily Saliers from Indigo Girls, uh, and uh, Gladys Knight sang. Yeah, awesome. And uh, and we have a little clip of uh, me talking to her last Wednesday. Every year we've had a big gala fundraiser since 1995, but I've had birthday ones. I had I had my 75th birthday. That was Bonnie Raitt performed. And then I had my 80th and that was uh, James Taylor and Carol King. And then tonight is my 85th. And that's uh, Gladys Knight. Gladys Knight. Yeah. Well, did, did you like in terms of uh, getting these these are these friends of yours or friends of friends? I mean, it's just uh, how does this how do you guys put these together? Yes, they are friends of mine. Very cool. Uh, and uh, I've 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 been with Gladys before and I'm very grateful to her that she's doing this. Yeah, she, uh, you know, mid- she sang Midnight Train to Georgia, serenaded Jane Fonda at, at yeah. the event. I wasn't able to make the event, but <laughs> I did hear that it went very well for her. Yeah. And, uh, you know, GCAP uh, is an organization she started in 1995 to reduce teen pregnancy in Georgia. I think at the time we had the worst or the highest rate of teen pregnancy in the United States. And I think since then it's dropped over 70 percent. Wow, that's great. And uh, here she is just talking a little bit about her group. What we do primarily now is to go into counties in Georgia, um, allow them to choose a curriculum that matches the culture of the school or the, or, or, and then we train free of charge. We train the teachers to teach comprehensive age appropriate sexuality education. It's not easy to teach and it takes training. And then we go in from time to time and, and give technical assistance and more training and things like that. And our evaluation shows that when you teach young people to have agency over their body and to make decisions that will protect themselves, they learn a lot of very valuable life skills. Well, um, she, uh, you know, she left Atlanta about 10 years ago, but she's still very active in the group and um, it's still, you know, pulling in three, $4 million a year. So it, and works with dozens of school systems across the country, uh, across the state. Yeah. Well, that's great. So, uh, yeah, you can uh, read more about that uh, online at AJC.com. Rodney wrote a story to go along with his interview with Jane Fonda. 
And next, we're going to go to some of the things we're working on. And uh, one of the most interesting to me is something that uh, La Gaia has been working on, a uh, must-visit Mexican restaurant in Duluth. Yes, because food is always interesting. And we, we need, um, what? where should we go eat out, right? So here's another one to put on your radar. I've had a string of fairly good luck when it comes to some of the restaurant reviews, I think, lately. But it's a place called a Birreria. Landeros. So a uh, birreria, like, you know how like the word like panaderia would be bread, mm-hmm. like so bakery, right? So birria um, is the birria de borrego that it specializes in. That's a, a, a Mexican style slow uh, lamb stew. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this family, this restaurant up in Duluth, it's family run, really very, very family run, mom and pop. It's terrific. Actually, Rodney can talk a little bit about it, too, because he was one of my dining partners. But anyway, they specialize in this um the way that the family makes it down in a state in Mexico called Aguas Calientes. So if people are familiar with this specific dish, Birria de Borrego, the way that they do it at this restaurant and where they're coming from is less stew-like. Think of more like a shallow plate. And you're going to have all of that really slow-cooked lamb. And then it's topped with a fairly mild tomato sauce. And then you garnish it with like cilantro and, you know, onions, radishes, lime, that kind of thing. And it's served with tortillas. But the difference is it's not going to be super soupy. It's not going to be really stewy. It's more like you actually have this plate of slow cooked lamb with a very, very silky, uh, mild tomato sauce. it's terrific. So Sounds great. I, I don't like using the word authentic when it comes to food writing because who are we to judge, right? I think anything can be authentic depending on how, how it might be perceived and delivered. But if you want to taste something that is of its origins that they're making here, I would recommend that. Now, you know what's interesting about this place? Again, I'm going to mention it. Birriera Landeros is that when they right they opened in february actually and the popular dish that people might be familiar with what we call birria um that's been popular in the states for the last few years and this is all the craze right and really it's quesadilla that's a hybrid taco quesadilla so what you're taking is you're doing that shredded meat you're doing the cheese putting it in there as if you're going to make a taco but then you griddle it so you fold it over and it's kind of like a quesadilla. And then you serve it on the side with like beef consomme for, for dipping. So most places are doing the beef, not not lamb, you know, as, this way, including these guys. But the reason that they're offering it is because they're like, well, if everybody else around town is doing right. it, I get, it's not something that you would actually find in Mexico, you know. So I think it's funny that people might think, oh, this is a Mexican thing. No, it's not. Yeah. It's totally an American uh, U.S. invention. Right. But they are doing one and Rodney, it, it was you, quite delicious. Yes, it, I, I was. I was a fan. Of course, I like almost anything fried. So that, yes, that I mean, <laughs> it's it's gooey, greasy. It's super unctuous. Just you dip it in that consomme, especially. It's, yeah. it's really nice. That so, sounds delicious. Yeah, and also, you know, there's just some smaller things about it that I really appreciated, like the telera bread that they use for the uh, torta. So, for folks who aren't exactly familiar, a torta is almost like your Mexican version of, say, something like a you know a Cuban sandwich. Mm-hmm. 
It's a specific type of bread. And um, they have a woman, they found a woman who bakes the bread for them. And she's also from their native city called um, Calvillos, which is in that state of Aguascalientes. So it's kind of nice when we think about very focused, where is the food coming from? It has really deep origins in in uh, where this family is from. And the dad, um, the recipe is based on, you know, the father, her, the, the one of the owner's father, he started, again, a restaurant by the same name in, in Mexico back in the 60s, 70s. And now it's been passed on. His three sons run, or actually four sons. They have three restaurants down there. And now it's the sister who's actually lived here for quite some time who's been finally able to open a restaurant here. Yeah. That's kind of a fun story. That's yeah, great. Yeah, so check it out, folks. This really excites me. I, I have to get out there very yeah, soon. Yeah, do, do. And it's pretty easy to get to. It's on Satellite Boulevard, so you're just going straight up, you know, I-85. Yeah. And it's just, what, half a mile off the highway. Yeah. Awesome. I can't mm-hmm. wait to try that. So so we have, uh, it, basically, are that, you doing a review? The review is, well, let's see. Folks can read it online today. Okay. And uh, in print on the Go Guide on Friday. Awesome. Great. Another thing uh, that uh, Rodney has been working on is uh, a story on a Shaq documentary, right? Yeah, it's going to be on HBO. Um, Four-part weekly series starts on the 23rd. You know, Shaq is part of the Warner Brothers Discovery family since he's part of Inside the NBA on TNT, so it's not surprising HBO commissioned this. Um, You know, I've watched the first three episodes. It's a lot of fun. I mean, Shaq is a larger-than-life you know, literally, figuratively mm-hmm. person, and he's a colorful man, and he, you know, tight-knit family. You know, the type of controversies that pop up in the series is mostly focused on the basketball court. He, he doesn't, you know, he didn't, you know, get addicted to drugs or end up in rehab or do anything that ended up being all that problematic. So from a controversy standpoint, I don't think this docuseries really, like, unveils anything all that new. Yeah. And he's been in the public eye since he was a kid. I mean, he was six foot tall by the time he was 10 years old. Wow. Um, <laughs> so it must have been insane to have been, you know, to, to be towering over your, you know, everybody yeah. so early and having to adjust to that. But he had, he had a very strong family unit, and I think that helped him, you know, get to where he was. Cool. Do some, any of his um, Atlanta ties factor into the documentary? Like, um, I'm thinking, it may you know, probably in the fourth probably in the fourth episode once they you know i think the fourth episode focuses on his post-basketball career life and i haven't seen that episode but i presume we'll see a little bit of that and i did ask you know i i met him on the red carpet and talked to him for a minute or two i did ask him about what's going on with krispy kreme and said we're still working yeah, on it's it. it's like the most famous krispy <laughs> kreme but, but, in but i get the impression you know there's some issues going on that he you know on a red carpet he wasn't really in a position to sit there and tell me what all the legal or insurance related ramifications that were complicating why it hasn't been rebuilt right i mean it's been a long time yeah it has been it has uh, been because i think i want to say it was over le- last winter that they were doing sort of like a pop-up there. And we thought it that I, th- I feel like it was in the spring that we, th- we by spring, we thought something was going to happen. I suspect it's probably insurance related, you know, mm-hmm. uh, might be city related, who knows. Um, but again, that wasn't really the right spot for me to grill him about it. I just asked him real quickly and he, you know, he moved on to the next person. That's the red carpets are not really a great place to, no. <laughs> to dig in on topics that re- require more than two sentences, you know. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you've got you've got a story coming on that. Yeah, that, uh, that should be out soon. Okay. Check uh, check AJC.com, the Georgia Entertainment Scene blog, for that. 
And coming up this week in our Sunday Living and Arts section, I think we have a particularly good one this weekend. I I love the mix of stories we got on the cover for uh, Sunday Living and Arts. We have a story about the Reverend Rose Johnson, who has been a great community activist in uh, Gainesville. Also, uh, Lagaya has written a story about Julio Delgado. Yeah, you know, I'm a little bit biased because I wrote it. But I I do think it's a really fascinating story about a chef. He's from Puerto Rico and basically how he ended up landing in Alpharetta and making that a home. Yeah. And uh, we also have Bo Emerson's story where he spoke with Myra Lewis-Williams, who you might remember as Jerry Lee Lewis's uh, teenage bride uh, way back when uh, she was 13 years old and I believe he was 22 It was quite a big controversy there in the late 50s, and she is living here. I think in Duluth? Does she live in Duluth? It is Duluth. Yeah, Yeah, I believe so. And she's now- Probably not far from the Mexican place, right? Folks (laughs) really need to look at that story. Some of the the photography that Bo was able to get, like her at 13 years old, you know, feeding her husband, it looks like she's feeding him peas. And then, you know, when she's 14 a year later, that she had their, you know, a baby. Yep. Who I think later, you know, he, he died pretty young. Yeah, but their just son did. Yeah, so poignant these photos. You guys yeah. have to check it out. Yeah, it's great, and and I love the way she talks about how even though she was thirteen, he was twenty two, she was the adult in the room. So yeah, it, it's it's a great little story. So uh, definitely, I, I never got the impression Jerry Lee Lewis ever grew up per right. se. Right, that, that's true too. Uh, so yeah, check that out. The Sunday Living and Arts section this coming Sunday. It's a really good one. And I also want to mention that our uh, next three go guides are focusing on holiday stuff. So uh, if you you're looking for holiday entertainment, we have story on some parades and festivals. The following week, we'll do the holiday light shows, and uh, then we'll have holiday theater offerings. And uh, one of the coming Sundays, we'll also have some stories on holiday music. And now it's time for our pet of the week. Uh, Recently released from his court case hold, Razor is waiting for you. Razor has really struggled in the stressful environment at the shelter and needs a home and family to help him decompress in the real world. He's been through so much in his short life and deserves to be set up for success. He's about two years old, 45 to 50 pounds, easy to walk, and loves treats, which is great for training. He's cuddly and can be found up curled up in his bed. Plus, he loves toys, and he's even met a kitty before, and he did well. You'll love his adorable underbite. So stop by for a meet and greet at DeKalb County Animal Services at 3280 Chambly Dunwoody Road in Chambly. And you'll find a photo of Razor and a link to his shelter profile on our story page for this podcast at AJC.com. Thanks for listening to Go Atlanta. We release new episodes every Thursday morning to keep you in the loop of all the great things Atlanta has to offer, whether it involves planning an outing or just giving you something to talk about with friends and family. So be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. Thanks, as always, to Rodney Ho. Always a pleasure. And to LaGuy Figueres. Thanks, guys. I'm Shane Harrison. Thanks for listening to our brand new podcast, and we'll talk to you again next week for more ways to go Atlanta. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. 
Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.